um, coming from the teaching series of Kingdom Essentials. Uh, right now, we just, um, the Father is trying to expedite this church. He's trying to expedite your growth. He wants us to grow quick because he has assignments for us. Say assignment. Okay, he has assignments for us. All right, and you want that assignment because with that assignment comes provision. All right, <laughs> you want the assignment. All right, with the assignment comes the anointing. With the assignment comes the power. With the assignment comes the joy, the peace. I told you my prayer for y'all is this. I pray that you have no peace as long as you're not seeking him. I pray that your strength fail you until you learn that you have to use his strength. I pray that you have to seek him. I pray it all fall apart and let him put it back together. Our first scripture on the day is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. You can turn my mic down some. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, my prayers for you is that this scripture works in your life. All right. The title of our teaching on today is um, Vantage Point of a Seeker. Vantage point, point of a Seeker. Last week, we talked about uh, seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. You have to seek his kingdom first. All right. You don't want to seek your kingdom. You don't want to seek the kingdom that your family's trying to build. You don't want to seek building someone else's kingdom. The Bible says seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. The reason why I hope it don't work for you because I know it won't work for you. Okay, now let me tell y'all a secret. Satan has blessings also. Y'all know Satan got doors he can open for you? It's deceptive. But this is how we do it. He opened it, it's money, but it's going to pull you away from community. <laughs> okay, they ain't like that one. All right. He opened it, he opened the door for you, but it means less prayer time. Satan has blessings. He told Jesus, worship me, I give you all this. <laughs> he said, I'll give you all, the, every kingdom you see, I'll give it to you. I'll give you the kingdom that, that, that everybody think you sexy. Oh, <laughs> uh, y'all don't know that? You don't know it's a kingdom where he gives you so much attention that you think you all that. You don't know it's a, a kingdom where he has everybody focus on your, he have all men, women focus on your body and don't care nothing about your mind. <laughs> Y'all ain't been on Instagram? You don't see no brains? <laughs> he knows how to give you a crowd. And you would think the crowd is the blessing. I was telling somebody, Jay-Z got the same anointing as Billy Graham. Uh-oh. 
Same anointing. One chose to use it for the glory of God, and one chose it to build for riches. And you want to... Mm. What side you want to be on? Your heart can't lie. Your heart can't lie. It don't even matter what's out of your mouth. Your heart can't lie. It's a side of that thing you want to be on. You want to see the... How did Moses make the hall of faith? The Bible says instead of... He could have been with Pharaoh. And the, laps, the luxuries of Pharaoh's home, but he'd rather suffer with the children of God. He could, have had, he could have had everything he needed, Manushka. He didn't have to be down there with them children. He didn't have to be down with them, with them crying, whining. Come on, he didn't have to be down with them complainers. Glory after glory, sign after sign, miracle after miracle, and you still complaining? So we're going to talk about today the vantage point of a seeker. So we're going to talk about Jesus because Jesus was a seeker. Solomon was a seeker. Paul was a seeker. The scriptures, those who made the Bible in the right way, they were people who sought the Father. They sought his will first. All the people, if you go and read Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith, those were people who sought him. And because they sought him, they were labeled people who had faith. So the scripture says, seek ye, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Who said that? What? Oh, I thought somebody said Peter King. Who said that? Jesus. Okay. It wasn't Muhammad Akbar, whatever. It wasn't him. It was Jesus. <laughs> who was Muhammad Akbar? I don't even know who that is. I don't know who it is. I'm just talking crazy right now. Okay. It wasn't Harry Krishna, was it? It wasn't Buddha. Buddha didn't say seek first the kingdom. He said seek his belly. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Jesus said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And he said, all these things will be added to you. So this scripture is here to let, it's a formula to let you know if you seek first his kingdom. Now, the things that you seek first are the things that your heart, that has your heart. The Bible says where your heart is, that's where your treasures will be. Whatever you seek, is, is, that's why I said, look, some people want fame more than they want to be a child of God. And they can seek that fame. They might get the fame, but they'll never get all the things that he had for them. Wherever your heart is, that's where your treasures will be. When you wake up in the morning, whatever on your mind is the direction you're going to go. So Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and all these things, all these things will be added to you. That's the vantage point of a seeker. We're not getting, that's firsthand. That's from the son of God. That's from the son of God himself. This is what he taught his disciples. He said, seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness. 
And all these things will be added to you. So watch this. The moment you get a mind to start seeking, he starts giving. The moment you turn your heart toward seeking, he starts giving. That's why it's important to have a prayer life. There's three levels of a prayer life, okay? The first level is the prayer of faith, okay? I pray, and Father, I need you to do this by faith, I believe. And he does it. You know that's the lowest level of prayer? That's the lowest level of prayer is you ask him to do something and he does it for you. Then the second category of prayer is when you have grown in prayer and you know the father would do it for you. Now, as a child of God, you want your father to do it for other people. So that next level is intercession. Some of us ain't reached intercession yet. We still just want him to do it for us. The more you mature, you come out of father, do it for me and say, father, do it for them because you have the confidence in yourself already that he's going to do it for you because you've been in the scripture. Plus, watch this. You're seeking the kingdom. When you seek the kingdom and you know you're seeking the kingdom, watch this. According to you don't have to pray. Jesus says your father knows what you need. He knows what you need before you ask him, ask him. He don't mind. But he said, ask in my name. Which means when you ask, make sure your heart is surrendered to me. Make sure my, my, your mind is surrendered to me. Make sure your, your soul is in my hand. I have, I have possession of your life. Ask in my name. Anything you ask in his name, he said he will give it to you. But the question is, is, is the thing that we're asking, is it in his name? Is it for his glory? Is it according to your purpose? Is it according to your destiny? And that's why the, the most powerful prayer that you can have is the prayer that we're entering into now, that Kirby was telling you about, is a prayer where you get so deep, you go so deep into prayer, so deep into tongues that you don't even have to ask the Father for nothing. You just say it and it happens. That's the prayer that Jesus walked in. That's the prayer that Paul walked in. That's what Joshua walked in. A man can speak and say, stop the sun from moving. And he'll do it for you because you've been engaging him so much that he know if he does the miraculous, you ain't going to try to put it on eBay. <laughs> he know you ain't going to try to start a YouTube channel. <laughs> it's that prayer that made him come to Solomon in the middle of the night and said, what you want? Who want that? Who want the heavenly father, the creator of all things to come to you and say, what do you want? Well, what you have to do is you have to press into him, press into him, give him your life, press into him, praying in tongues, seeking his face so much. He has to have your life when he knows he has your life. Then he knows it doesn't matter what he released to you. You ain't going nowhere. But as long as watch this, as stuff has your heart. As long as you lose joy when you don't have money, he can't use you. Because on a journey with no <laughs> you're going to drop the mission to go get paper. <laughs> you're going to stop the mission to go get a bag. You're going to see what they got. And you know Instagram is the biggest lie, right? You know they only take pictures of the good days, right? <laughs> I'm going to stop my own Instagram. 
I wanted to Instagram of the bad stuff. <laughs> Show them edges, now I'm just playing. <laughs> but we have to seek him, okay? The, t- the teaching today is what I want you to get out of this is, is to become a seeker. All right, if Jesus says seek first his kingdom, then we have to align our heart with his kingdom. We have to align our heart with his will. What is, what is his kingdom? His will, his intentions, his purpose, his body, his community, his word, his truth. And if we look around our life and we see how much involved in that is, and if we look around in our life and see how involved we are with those things, then we can see what we're seeking. If you look throughout your day and you see what more of what is most of your business consistent of, if it's, is it consistent of your stuff or is it consistent of his stuff? If it's consistent of your stuff, then this is one thing I have to let you know. He won't be adding all things to you. Because if he gives you all things while you're seeking your stuff, then you never seek his stuff. Like I told you constantly, he's a father. He's, he's not only a father, he's a father that predestined you. Our next scripture, that was vantage point number one, vantage point number of a secret number two. Proverbs, chapter 25, verse two and three, it says, it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the glory of kings to search things out. It says, as the heavens for height, the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. So it is God's glory to hide a thing from us, but it has to become our glory to go get it. It has to become our glory to go get it. To seek it out, to search it out. Did we get definitions? Okay. To seek means... To, to seek to find, it means to seek by thinking, meditating, reasoning. It means to inquire into. It means to seek after. It means to seek for. It means to aim at, to strive after, to seek. It, to seek means to require, to demand, to crave, to demand something from someone. If the scripture tells us that we have to seek first his kingdom, and if if, if Jesus tells us we have to seek first his kingdom, then when we look in Proverbs, Solomon, the one who, who watched this, the one who gave us wisdom, the one who gave us wisdom, said these words. He said, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the glory of kings to search things out. Then he says, as the heavens for height, the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. So what Solomon is letting us know that our hearts are mysterious, okay? It's so much in us. It is so much life in us. It is so many talents in us. It's so many things that he want to do, do with us. But the thing about it is if we don't search him out, the things that he has hidden, we can't find us. The Bible says that our life is hid in Christ. It's hid in Christ. So if our life is hid in Christ and the Bible said we can do all things through Christ who strengthened us, then our number one objective must be to do what? Seek Christ. 
seek the kingdom. The Bible says, uh, 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 Philemon 1 and 6 says that, uh, let me make sure I get it right. Says that faith is made active. Faith is activated when we acknowledge every good thing that is in us through Christ Jesus. So our faith is activated when we start to understand all of the things that is in us that the Father has put there. It's cool to see what's good in everybody else. It's, it's cool to, to look at Kirby's voice. Okay, it's cool to look at uh, 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 Dr. Hardy's anointing. It's cool to look at somebody else's degrees, but the thing that the Father wants us to do is search out what he has put in you. That's why we don't have to seek money. You don't have to seek money. There's nowhere in the Bible where it tells you to seek money. It says, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. And he said, everything else will be added, which means what? It comes to me. It comes to me. I don't have to go get it. All I have to do is seek his kingdom. I know it's frightening, ain't it? It's frightening because we grew up thinking that we had to go get the money. That if our shoes our shoes, our clothes, our car, our house, it was our status. Not understanding that our glory is not in how the earth sees us. Okay? Our glory is not in how the world sees us. Your Instagram is not your glory. Your Facebook is not your glory. You go buy an outfit just to take a picture. And probably take it back after that. Why? Because you're seeking the glory of people. You want people to like you. You need that blue thumb. <laughs> These kids nowadays, they think, they think that's real money. So much that they will take pictures and lie to themselves. Tell themselves that they're somebody who they're not. And in the whole time, Q, that they're seeking to, imp to impress everybody else, it's all this glory that the Father has placed in them, and they're not seeking it, what he has placed in them. It says the heart of kings is unsearchable, which means it's something you have to investigate. It's something you have to inquire about. It's something that you have to search out. You have to examine yourself. You need to sit down sometime. When I was doing these definitions, it said examination, and then it said enumeration. Okay, which was saying it's so many things in you, you need to write them down. You need to make a list of all the gifts, talents, and abilities, the things that he has put in you because it's unsearchable. It said deliberation, which means you need to have a conversation with yourself. You need to find out everything that he put in you. You need to write it down. And you need to focus on what he has put in you because watch that. That's a part of seeking the kingdom. That's why they said, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength and all your understanding. Because until we put that into seeking him, we will never see who we are. And God didn't, God didn't invent the 40 hour work week. And if you take 
your check after taxes <laughs> and you break it down, you're going to see you're probably making $150 a day for eight hours. You're going to see you might be making, even if you was making $500 a day, they're robbing you. When you think of the fact that the scripture says that the heart of kings is unsearchable, they're using you to build their destiny. They're using you to create generational wealth for their family. And, your, and watch this, your destiny is worth $150 a day. Eight hours, 10 hours, overtime. They're going to threaten to fire you if you don't keep working. You scared. Because you don't know what to seek. And <laughs> I told you, it's, it's levels of prayer. You can pray, Father, give me a job. He's going to say, oh, you need no job. You need work. Now, some people, watch this. Some people's career is tied up into their calling. All right? Some people's career is tied up. I'm not talking about y'all. <laughs> I'm talking about the ones who are working for pennies, pebbles, M&M's, scraps. They're using all of your time. And the only reason why they're doing it is because you don't know who you are. They're grateful they hold no applications. Who don't know? Who don't know? Who don't know? Who don't know? We'll pay you 12. You only need 10? Cool. You better sit down and search out, your, out that gift, that talent, that ability. Because if it's about money, the scriptures just say this. Whatever you put your hands to, I make it prosper. If it's about money, he said, whatever you put your hands to, I'll make it prosper. <laughs> if it's just about money. So you take that scripture, whatever you put your hands to, I'll make it prosper. And then you take the fact that if you search out and find everything that is in you. We have to seek his kingdom. And the reason why we have to seek his kingdom, because this is a new life. We're supposed to live from there. When he asks us to seek his kingdom, Q, it's as if we move. It's as if you got on a plane today and you landed in Russia. Now you got to seek Russia. You got to learn the language. Because if you don't learn language, you can't communicate with the natives. You got to now learn directions, how to maneuver, how to get to the grocery store, how to get to, to a house, to your house, how to get to church. What are you doing? You're seeking it out. That's what this new life is, about, is like. When we got saved, who? We're going to do an early benediction. How many of y'all children of God? Okay. All right. So we don't need to do no benediction. All right. I'm just saying, if y'all all say, we just go right into worship. <laughs> now, the reason I'm saying it is if you say you're a child of God, then you've left earth. If you haven't left earth, it don't really matter because you're still being held by the rules and regulations of the kingdom that you gave your life to. It don't matter what your boss thinks. 
It's what is your father thing. It don't matter what the company says. It's what does the father say. That's why I tell you, you go in there, you tell that job, these are days I can work. Whatever. I'm just telling you the truth. The only day, these are days I can work. Why? Because I got kingdom business. This is serious stuff. The reason why it's serious is because you're going to say you're kingdom-minded. And then what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to align you with people in the scripture. You're going to say you're kingdom-minded. I'm going to say, well, Paul got stoned, got up from the dead, and went back to preaching. Where your faith at? You won't even tell your boss what day you. You're going to say you're kingdom-minded. I'm going to say, well, what about Abraham? Just leave the country and just go until I tell you stop. What about Paul and Silas? In jail and start praising and worshiping. Got out of jail and start praising and worshiping that they were able to suffer for the name. We got to see and test and see if you really can. I want you to test yourself and see, are you really kingdom minded? Because watch this. The faith that we're supposed to have is a faith that's supposed to make us pick up the cross. How many of y'all think y'all got a prayer life that's, that could sustain what Jesus went through? You ain't seeking. <laughs> You're not really seeking. How many of y'all think y'all got a prayer life that, that, that you can drop everything that's going on in your life and trust the Father? They're my seekers. If you can't move in your life without money, then you can't seek. You're not a seeker. Your prayer life, your practice in righteousness should be able to sustain and uphold your spiritual life. We look at this Bible all the time and we say all type of stuff that we would never commit to. Because it's bigger than us wanting something. It's bigger than us having food on the table. You talking about people who got dipped in oil, hot oil. You talking about, you talking about Peter's in jail. They didn't cut his brother head off. Now he gotta, he gotta get out of jail from getting, seeing his, his partner get his head cut off and he got to go preach the gospel, knowing it could happen to him. Are you kingdom-minded? That's why I say it's a level of prayer where you stay right there until he bless you. Vantage point number three. John chapter 7, verse 16. And I'm just talking to y'all today. I feel like a chill, mo a chill mood. But we have to become seekers. We can't have prayer meetings and say, I got other stuff to do. Really, what did you got to do that trumps prayer? It's either you don't understand what prayer does. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. 
We're going to have corporate prayer. I got other stuff to do. I get it. But if you're at home, <laughs> it ain't about me. It's about seeking what? His kingdom. How many days you go without reading the Bible? Seekers. Y'all okay? I got 20 minutes. John 17, 7, chapter 16, it says, Jesus answered them, my teaching isn't mine, but it's from the one who sent me. So now right there alone, that's an ambassador comment. What's coming out of my mouth is coming from there, the one who sent me. The fact that he sent means he's on assignment. And the reason why most people don't move, Q, the way they're supposed to move is because they don't have an assignment. How many of y'all know, how many of y'all say the, the Father sent you to this ministry? Then it's an assignment. Amen? If he sent you, it's an assignment. Which means we make, me and Dr. Harden, he gave us a schedule. Okay, I'm sorry. If you say it's an assignment. Jesus said, my teachings isn't mine, but it's from the one who sent me. Where did he send you? Because wherever he sent you, that's where provision going to be. <laughs> wherever he sent you, that's where life going to be. Wherever he sent you, that's where the answer is going to be. Verse 17 says, if anyone wants to do his will, he would know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking of my own. And this is why we got all these denominations, because you got too many people speaking their own. Jesus was trying to get you two things in the relationship and into the kingdom. He was not trying to get you into Baptist. He was not trying to get you into church of God in Christ. He was trying to get you into his kingdom. He's not trying to get you into Pentecostal. He ain't trying to get you into apostolic. He ain't trying to get you in the word of faith. He's trying to get you into the relationship and get you into the kingdom so he can get you into your destiny. That's why you rarely find people who are in denominations who are in destiny. They're in church. They swear by their leader. But the whole purpose of us doing this is so you can get your destiny. I told you in 2014, I was just done. I mean, well, I was done with the church. I was just, I, why am I here? And the spirit came to me and said, why is, the, is, why is it that the church is the only educational institution where we show up every week and we don't know where we're going? We don't know what we're becoming. We just show up. For like Terry said, hell insurance. We just show up. We have to show up with a purpose, with an understanding, okay? The Bible says you have to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Righteousness is a part of your destiny. It ain't, it ain't just about being right in his eyes, knowing that he's your father and you are right in his eyes, but it's also staying on that path of righteousness for his name's sake, which means now you have to become an immovable force.
Once you know the direction, you should become an immovable force. The thing about me is, show me once I know my, once I know what he's called me to do, if you don't like what I do, if you don't believe in what I do, because I know he called me, Bruce, I would rather not be around you. I would rather not be around you. I don't care if you're my wife. Y'all know I love Dr. Hart. I don't care if it's my kids. I don't care if it's my best friends. I don't care if it's my aunties, uncles. I don't want to be around you if you don't believe in what he's called me to do. Believe in who he told you to be and told you you're supposed to be and he'll align you with the people who's supposed to be in your life. He'll align you with people who believe in who he called you to be. Verse 18, he says, the one who speaks on his own seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true. And there is no unrighteousness in him. Let me read that again. He says, the one who speaks of his own seeks his own glory. We're not seeking our own glory. That's why I said you're not seeking to build your kingdom up. You're seeking to build his kingdom up. And we can tell because you're always talking about your glory. You're always talking about what you're going to do. Tell me what you're going to do for the kingdom. Tell me that next move that the father told you that's going to be for the kingdom. Ain't got nothing to do with you. It's just about you giving and you promoting and you building. Jesus said, I will build my church. That means everybody who's, watch this, if he's the head, everybody who's the body. It is our job. The Bible said we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. That we, we have a job, a task to go out every day in some way, form or fashion and say, your heavenly father wants you to come home because he has purpose for you. He has destiny for you. We have, a, we have a church community that you can grow up in. That's our task. That's our job. Not to build, not to fill seats. But to prove that you're an ambassador. Because most of the stuff, okay, I'm not going to say that. Some of the stuff that we open our mouth and say, he ain't say, say that. <laughs> he didn't say, say that. And the thing of an ambassador is, the ambassador only opens his mouth to speak in regards to what the nation told him to speak. That's what we have to get to. We have to get to that place where... Jesus was. I only do. See, that's when you a seeker. You a seeker when you only do what the Father wants you to do. The vantage point of a seeker. He says, but, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him, he is true. Which means he's, rep true means he's representing the name. He's representing the kingdom. He's representing the life. Vantage point number four. Romans chapter two, verse four through nine. Oh, this is good right here. This is Paul. Or do you think lightly of the riches 
of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads to repentance. So the kindness of our Heavenly Father is supposed to turn you to wanting to, to, to give your life to him and think according to his kingdom. Then it says, verse 5, it says, because, but because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. We ain't going to deal with that, but that's self-explanatory, right? Okay, he says your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, because of it, you are storing up wrath for yourself. And I'll explain what that means in a little bit. Verse six, it says, who will render to each person according to his deeds? What are deeds? It's why you were here. What did you seek? That's what deeds are. These come from the results of the things you sought after. It comes from the, the, the results of things that were said out of our mouth, things that were done in our life. And the scripture says that he will render to each person. He's going to give to you according to how you, much you prayed. He's going to give to you according to your conduct, what you are faithful to. Because he sent his son and his son says, seek first the kingdom. And since his son said that his son is the king of kings, then it's a decree. It's a decree, which means when we go against it, we're being disobedient to the kingdom. We're not being disobedient to leadership. Jesus, in dealing with, dealing with the Pharisees, Manuska, he told them, he said, look, these ain't my teachers. So when you reject me, you reject the one that sent me. That's why I asked you, did he send you? <laughs> I just need to know if he sent you. I don't take it personal. I've been in church long, 20 years of my life. I don't take it personal. I know, this is the one thing I do know. He got a well, he got a well for everybody. Some of y'all don't read the Bible, so you don't know what I'm talking about, Jonah went the opposite way of he, what he told him to go, and he sent the whale to swallow him up. The whole purpose of him sending that whale to swallow him up was to get him back in line. I'm going to let you sit in the belly of this whale until your heart become repentant because it ain't about you, Jonah. It's about them people in Nineveh. <laughs> it's about them people in Nineveh. Watch this. Verse 7 says, to those who persevere... By doing good, he said, those are the ones that seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Oh, God. And eternal life. But verse 8 says, but to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey truth, but obey righteousness, wrath, and indignation. So now I said all that because in verse eight, it says it, it, it can go two ways. Verse seven and verse eight. It says you have those who persevere by doing good. They find what the father said do and they do it. They persevere by doing good. They don't do good to persevere. They persevere by doing good. Meaning that we didn't, I didn't feel like it. They cussed me out and I wanted to give evil right back. But I didn't. 
And he said, he said, when you don't do it, he said, by perseverance, you're seeking to do good. Do good means you, you are morally honorable and you are pleasing him. Seek first his kingdom. Which means when somebody try to blow your top, somebody try to get you angry, upset, because I got a rule, you ain't going to make me upset. You're not going to make me mad. Ain't nobody going to control me. You're not going to make me mad. That means you have more control over me than I do. <laughs> You're not going to make me mad. You're not going to make me frustrated. I tell my kids, y'all be frustrated for I will. <laughs> Trust and believe me, y'all going to be frustrated for I will. The whole house will be frustrated for McKinley will be frustrated. But he said to those who by perseverance in doing good, he said when, when you choose to do the right thing, he said you're seeking glory. Glory and honor. Now his glory is his splendor. It's his light. It's his brilliance. It's his dignity. It's his honor. Don't y'all know we seated at the right at his right hand? We, if we knew, look, do you know that we're seated at his right hand? I had to ask y'all again. Y'all know we seated at his right hand? Okay. Do y'all know that we're seated at his right hand? Do y'all know that's a place of honor? Now think of how you act from that position. How are we seated at the right hand, a place of honor, and seeking what the world thinks? That's why I tell y'all, stop watching the news. If you're going to watch the news, this is what I want you to do. I want you to become an intercessor. The, the, watching the news is for intercessors. Okay? If you're not going to be an intercessor, you just feed that into your soul. You just feed in all of his lies. Because truth comes from heaven. The Bible says men are always learning, but never coming into the knowledge of truth. They require so much information, 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 information. And watch this, can't use none of that to get them out of nothing. Men are always learning, but they never come in knowledge of truth. But he said when we seek to do good and seek to do his will, it says we're seeking after his glory, his honor, and this is my immortality. You're proving you're God. You're proving you are God. The only person should have your button. Well, I ain't going to say that. I want to say your spouse should have your button. Okay. Your kids should have your button. I don't want to. We're not, we're not careless people. Okay. But the only one that should be able to control you is the father. People should not be able to, not even ministry. I don't want to control y'all. I want y'all to get your destiny. And I know being sporadic, being here and there, it ain't going to get it. I may say stuff to y'all, and, and, and it's not necessarily about y'all being here and being in my presence. It's just that I know, okay? I read the Bible. I see what the men had to do. I see what a person looked like when they led. You need to find your person in the Bible. I love Paul and David. I love both of them. They show me how I should seek. The thing people don't know about David, David was anointed king and didn't get it to 30 years later. Can you wait that long? Can you seek that long? 
Or as soon as you get a title, you got to walk in it right now. <laughs> you got to walk in it right now. <laughs> God going to bless you to turn water to wine. Where the water? <laughs> I'm looking for lakes, ponds. <laughs> going to the workplace, the cooler. Y'all want wine? <laughs> So he says, those that do good, you seek glory, honor, and you seek immortality and eternal life. We can't live like we're going to be on this earth forever. Okay, we can't. The day you were born again, the day you were born again, the day you were born again, eternal life started. We are in the dispensation of grace right now. Not law. Now, a dispensation is a time that's allotted in time in which this administration would run it. In, 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 in the Old Testament, Moses' administration was the law, which means during that period of time, everything that they did, it had to be upheld by the law. If it didn't, they had to pay the consequences. We're not under that anymore. We're under the dispensation of grace in which the Father has given us so much time to grow up before he come back. He's given us a five-fold ministry. He's given us communities. He's given us a family. He's done everything he needs to do to get us where we're going. He gave us his word. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us angels. This is a dispensation of grace. Your focus should be on growing up. It should be on growing up. It should be on growing up. As a son of God, you should be focused on going to the next step as a man. Getting your crown as a daughter of God, you should be focused on being the best daughter he has <laughs> in representation, not words. Because verse 9 says there will be mm, tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil. Now, it's funny that evil backwards is live. <laughs> that evil backwards is live. So you either live the life that he called us to live or the opposite of that is evil. He says there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil, which means you're doing sin. You're living. You're not living according to what he said. You're not living according to his rules, his regulations. You're not representing his name. It's not about his will. It's not about his intentions. It's about what you want, what you think, how you want things to be done. That's why in verse eight, he said, but to those who are selfishly ambitious. Because what being selfishly ambitious do, it makes you stop obeying truth. Because, when you, because what it does is you stop agreeing with him to get your way. You have been arguing with somebody and you know they know they're wrong. But they're still arguing. <laughs> you, know, you know you know they're wrong. They know they're wrong, but they're still arguing. It's, it's, just, it's a selfish ambition there. They want to be right more than they want to be right. And you can be right and still be wrong. 
So even when you're doing right, you have to still be careful. The Bible says, why come you just can't take wrong? You right, just shut up and leave it alone. Jesus said, when you're on your way to court, just settle it. Just leave it alone. Because once you put yourself up under their jurisdiction, it's out of my hands. You placed yourself in that. He said, just give it up. It don't matter if they cheated you on the money. I can get you money. Is that the issue? <laughs> Is it money? <laughs> if it's money, I can get money. I told you if you seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, all that stuff will be added to you. Houses, cars. Peter came to Jesus and said, we left everything to follow you. We left everything to follow you. Jesus said, shut up, Peter. <laughs> he said, if you left, he said, everything that you left, I will give it back to you a hundredfold plus some. In this time, on earth, not when you get to heaven, not in the by and by. Okay, I'm going to give it to you right here on earth. With persecution. With persecution, because persecution is what really lets you know if you're a kingdom seeker. It's the reason why folks got corona and go back to church. They weren't seeking them before corona. So, so this is just a reason not to come. It's just a reason not to come now. <laughs> they found a perfect reason. It's a virus. <laughs> I got to be safe. They found a perfect reason. The virus exposed that we had a girl come up here and she said, uh, she said she thanked God for the virus because they closed her church. <laughs> That's another conversation. But verse 9 says, there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil. First the Jews, the Jews first, and also the Greek. Now, what I want to tell you out of this is that, look, I already told you, you're going to receive persecution, right? You don't need any additional tribulation and distress on your soul. You are already. And the thing about it is, it's so prominent right now, Terry, that most people can't tell what's the tribulation and distress and what's persecution. A lot of people think what they're going through is because of the life they live in. They think because they claim Jesus that what they're going through is for God. No, it's not. That's tribulation and distress from being selfishly ambition and, uh, ambitious and going against the kingdom. Who want to go to jail and then get in jail and start praising? Come on, you can't say you would do that. I know you would say it, and, and I'll plant something on you, Okay. <laughs> Say it, I'll plant something on you. Come visit. You been in here? What's, what's going on? I don't see nothing shaking. <laughs> they got in the, in the middle of jail, okay? They started having a praise and worship serve so much. And that's when you know it's in you. That's what I'm saying. It's a level of prayer that they started praising and the jail started shaking. The jail started shaking. Because they had been so much deep in the prayer that the Father was with them. That the moment they didn't cry out, help! 
They started singing songs and praising. They started praying in tongues and saying how much we thank you, Father, that we can suffer for your name's sake. We thank you, Father, that we know that we're in your will, so this can only go one way, Father. <laughs> and then stuff starts shaking. Another incident is when Peter's in jail and the, and the church is, is praying. They get so intense in prayer, the angel had to come wake Peter up. He was comfortable. He knew this is going to work out on my behalf. Why? Because he was a seeker. The angel had to come wake him up. We can become that church, but what it's going to take? Deep seeking. Not five minutes of prayer and you're tired. Ten minutes of tongues and you're ready to quit. No, the way it happens is you go in deep. Let's say 15 minutes. Then you start the bubbling. You feel the hot, the heat. And this is what most people quit because they got there. I feel anointing. I feel a presence. No, keep going. Until you begin to travail for something. Once you have travail and broke through, keep going until you get into groaning. Then keep going until you get into wailing. And then keep going until you like, is it raining in here? Is it gold dust falling out of here? Because the manifestation, the way he made this thing is the more we seek him, the deeper we seek him, we supp it's supposed to bring manifestation. That's why they can start praising and worshiping and heaven responds immediately. Because Paul and Silas pressed into a place where they weren't praying to God, they weren't praying for people, they were men that walked with him. Lock and step. Everywhere he told them to go, they went. Told Paul, look, Paul, when you go up here, you're going to die. The people tell him what? No, Paul, don't go. Nope, I'm ready to go and to die. Until that is your testimony, you're not a kingdom seeker. You're a churchgoer. Until that happens, we, we just churchgoers. Until we get to that place where we will lose our life for the gospel, we're just churchgoers. Vantage point number five, two more. This is Jesus. Jesus said, mm, here we go. I do not receive glory from men. I don't let men puff me up. I don't let men put me on a pedestal. I don't receive glory from men. He says, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. How he know that? Because they receive glory from men. <laughs> Verse 43, he says, I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. That's the crazy thing about this doctrine, about the way that we teach at this ministry, is if you listen to the podcast, I'm not bringing you to McKinley. I'm not bringing you to Apostle. I'm not bringing you to Dr. Hart. I'm not even bringing you to Divine Generations. Divine Generations is a vehicle to get you to the Father. This ministry is a vehicle to get you into the relationship, to get you into the church, to get you into, into your destiny, into your purpose. 
This ain't got nothing to do with me. When I'm done, I'm going to chill with my wife and my kids. I'm not seeking. I don't want, we don't want y'all seeking us. We're here and our task is to get y'all to hear the father and to live that life. So Jesus said, I have come in my father. And and, and what I was going to say out of that is, it's crazy how we attach ourselves to men who seek their own. We go after men because they healed. Don't you know healing is just a part of the kingdom? That's just a byproduct of the kingdom. We find somebody who has a lot of money and we seek that person because they got money. That's how the world do it. They go to every area of their life and they try to seek it. We're going to go over here and seek wholeness. We're going to go over here and we're going to seek finances. We're going to go over here we're going we're gonna to seek uh, mental health. And the Bible just lets us know if we come into the kingdom, all oh, that's a byproduct. You get all of that. Hmm. He says, if another comes in his own name, you will receive him. Now, he, this is my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures right here. John 5 and 44. He says, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another? And you do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God. Now, How can you believe? Which means, how can you say you have faith when your mind is always worried about what everybody else thinks? How, he says, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another? We're impressed with what we think about one another. He says, and you do not seek the glory that comes from the one and only God. That's why I told you, we don't seek the honor that comes from the Father. We want to seek the honor that comes from Instagram. We want to seek the honor that comes from TikTok. They want a blue thumb. They want a heart. They want somebody to like their picture to the point where some people will post and go back and look how many likes I got. If you do it, you're in trouble right now. They post something online and they go back and look. How many likes I get? Ooh, a lot of people like this. What is that letting us know? We don't really have faith. We can't seek attention from everybody else and not seek attention from him. That's why I tell you, Instagram is full of false relationships. Social media is full of fake friends. All you get is blue thumbs and emojis. Fall into a situation. And see, anybody on that list of likes gonna come to your aid. Because you got, got 10,000 friends on Facebook and every time you need some money, you gotta do a GoFundMe. How can you believe when you receive glory from everybody else? You can't seek both. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. Society can't be your master and 
God be your master. You can't seek money. Your agenda cannot be make money and seek the kingdom. It can't be your agenda. I know I'm repetitive, but I got to get in your head because you're going to leave and you're going to go do it. And then you're going to wonder why stuff ain't working. John chapter five, verse 30. Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I don't seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That could preach to you by itself. I don't even have to say nothing to that. But I'm going to, he says, I can't do, he said, I can do nothing of my own initiative, which means Jesus who was God's son, who was full of the Holy Spirit. We read that the Spirit came down, descended upon him. We know he was God. He knew of angels. He knew of heaven, all of that, but still said when it came to making decisions, I do nothing on my own initiative. I don't assess things and then give my, my, my uh, 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 opinion of something independently. He said, everything that I do, I align myself with, is this what the Father said? I don't understand why it's people in church who still don't know if homosexuality is wrong. We still have, to, we need, we having that conversation in the church. Be patient. Be, what you mean be patient? Why they take our little boys and girls and show them that? For real? I'm going against what he said. I don't care what office they hold. We was having all these political conversations what, last year. And soon as Biden and Camilla Harris get in office, first thing they do is start putting homosexuals in place. And ain't nobody got nothing to say about that. Nothing. Everybody who was, watch this, everybody who was mm, smashing Trump is not that more evil? Oh, it's because he said racism. That got you. But we're not going to say nothing. The church don't have nothing to say about it now. None of the Democrats have anything to say. I don't see nobody saying nothing about Abba's agenda. We got a black woman as vice president. So? She demonic. I don't care if she is black. Y'all can clap. Y'all look. I ain't in it for that. I told you I don't receive glory from people. I could talk. I could talk in a room by myself. I practice all the time.
We can't sit back and just act like that's nothing. No, don't say nothing. No. They're putting homosexuals in, place, in order, and then every time you can say something, you can say what you want about Jesus. Don't say nothing about no homosexual. <laughs> Are you serious? They up in arms about Dave Chappelle. They talking about suing Netflix. You better seek the kingdom. You better have an opinion. Your father said this is ours. Why are we quiet? No, we're not cool with that. No, we're not going to tell little boys that it's okay for you to have sex with another boy. And then you're going to put a restriction on it. They finna lift that too. They finna start telling that a grown man can have a little boy. Because right now, two boys, my son is telling me he at school can't go use the bathroom because two boys in a stall. Girls kissing. They gonna dress code my daughter for wearing pajamas, not revealing nothing. And then you got a boy with a pink wig and a halter cut top on. And you're not gonna say nothing to that gender bender day. And we're not going to say nothing to that. The education institution, they're not going to say nothing. Who they seeking? You say what you want to. Obama ain't seeking the kingdom of God. I don't care. <laughs> okay, you say what you want to. Camilla Harris, she ain't seeking the kingdom of God. She can care less. That old uh, archaic book. That's how they think. And at the same time, telling our young ladies it's okay for you to give your womb to another woman. It's okay, young man, to give your seed to another man. Don't you know your destiny, your descendants is over? That ends a generation? And we're not going to say nothing about that? We're just going to sit on and then they put it on every television? Lil Nas does a whole Gave the devil a lap dance and his airtime increased on commercials. You say something about homosexuality, they pull you off there. They canceled Kevin Hart's show. Devil, Dave Chappelle knew after he got done saying that, he said, I'm going to go into hiding for a minute because he knew they was going to come after him. Because y'all don't know who y'all are. Y'all want us to fit into that? No. It's stupid you a man putting on a makeup and a wig saying you a woman when you're plumbing telling the truth. <laughs> I didn't got off the message. Okay. It's, but we can't be God's children and sit back, don't say nothing. Okay, we can't be that. All right. We got to say what's wrong. We don't need prayer in school. We need prayer outside of school. Okay. We don't look. Y'all really want to do something about this? Do y'all really want to do something about this? Okay. Look, we can. We can go into 10 hours of prayer about it. We don't have to make it happen with our voice. We can pray and they drop like flies. The ones who ain't gonna surrender start dropping like flies. I told you it was a thing and it was a, it was a, I looked up something, my time up. Uh, uh, I, looked, I looked up something 
in, in, uh, on Google about the life expectancy of homosexuality. And five years ago on there, it was 38 years old. You look on there now, it says 67. They changing the information. They're changing the information. When they agree with it, they put the information up there that they agree with. So when you Google, you get to see what they want you to see. 20 years ago, homosexuality was a sickness. It was an illness. I had a guy call me, said that he was having dreams. Homosexual. Said he was having dreams that a demon had him pinned to the wall upside down and was throwing knives at him. I said, brother, that's a condition of your soul. You better seek the kingdom or you're going to be drawn into a grin. Or you're going to put yourself in a position where you're going to try to move up that ladder and then you're going to hit a wall because you don't agree with him. Just right now, don't agree with him and seek the kingdom and let him take you where he wants you to go. Amen. Stop trying to be a company man. <laughs> My last vantage point. We got it here. It says, but an hour, John 4 and 23. It says, because I guarantee you, y'all think Paul would have said something? You think Jesus, look, look, my proof, my proof. Jesus walks in the temple. <laughs> Jesus walks in the temple and they just selling the wrong, they just selling stuff they're not supposed to be selling. And he turns over tables. So what you think he do now? I mean, it, and this is the thing, it ain't about the people, okay? It's not about, we're not attacking the people, all right? But you have to attack the ones that promote it. We don't have to agree with y'all. How you gonna tell them we gotta like what y'all do too? So y'all do it, we don't like it, then we gotta, if we, if we say we disagree, we homophobic. I am, I am, I'm homophobic. I, yes, I don't like homosexuality. And you shouldn't need that as a child of God. If I'm homophobic, you truthophobic. <laughs> if I'm homophobic, you phobic of the kingdom. John 4.23 says, but an hour is coming and is now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. So who is the Father seeking? True worshipers. True worshipers, meaning you ain't just lifting your hands, okay? It means you have a life that aligns with his name, his will, and his purpose. And this is the greatest collision that you could ever have in your life. Okay, is to be a seeker of the kingdom and know that you have a father that is seeking true worshipers. That's the best collision course you can be on in your life. It's to fall in love with seeking the kingdom 
Because you know that the Father is seeking true worshipers. He ain't just seeking people to come to church. Okay? I'm closing. He ain't just seeking people to come to church. He's seeking people who after you leave the church, you're gonna represent my name. You're gonna represent my will. Your will is my will. And the, and the scripture that I, in, in John 5 and 30, Jesus said, I, cannot, I can do nothing of my own initiative. He says, as I hear, I judge. So ain't nothing wrong with us judging, but we just have to judge according to how we hear. Okay, he says, my judgment is just, he says, because I don't seek my own will. And that is the beginning of true worship. Because humility is what leads us to worship. Humility is, is us emptying ourselves out so the Father can be all in us. And in order for you to do that, you're going to spend a lot of time praying in tongues. You're going to spend a lot of time on your face crying out to the Father. It's not going to be just a little prayer call we do it. No, you're going to get off the prayer call and you're going to pray some more. Or you're going to pray before you get on the prayer call. It's going to be hours. You're talking about the almighty king of glory. If you're going to seek him, it's going to be done in it's gonna be hours of you seeking him. It's going to be a, a, a schedule of you seeking him. You're going to do it daily. Let us stand. The Bible says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, which means you can seek him, but if it's not diligent, you won't get the reward. We had a good time Saturday, didn't we? We just in here praying. It was just three of us, but the spirit was so thick because all of us was focused. I told you we need to take a Tower of Babel mentality. Everybody praying in tongues, we should all be praying in tongues. Everybody praising, we should all be praising if we're planning on building. If we all dig deep in the spirit and pray in the spirit all at one time, we can really change something. It don't matter who, who you vote for. Vote ain't what get things done. It's agreement. It's agreement. If we agree with him, the Bible said where two or three gather. It's more of us than two or three. He said it will happen. But what happens is first it happens in you. Then it happens in your household. Then it happens in your neighborhood. I know we want to take the whole country in a day. But it's not going to happen. It's going to happen right here. Us praying, falling on our face, crying, snotting, tears. Going deeper, deeper, deeper into prayer. Because he need to see if it's for real. If all you got is Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask right now that you would move by your spirit and your glory and your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't you feel the glory? Don't you feel it, brethren? No, we and then you hit a point and you go harder. Then you hit another level and you go harder. And then you hit a level where you can't control it no more. You can't control it no more. He's controlling it. That's where he was Saturday. He couldn't control it no more. He couldn't even get up. He was stuck right there.
You know he can control you outside of prayer when he can control you in prayer. We going deeper. 